Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you today for something we haven't done in a little over a month, a spoiler-free review, and I don't think we've actually done one with both of us on the show since Black Panther, so it's been a while since we've done a spoiler-free review. Was that after or before? Who got it? That was after. They're both the same movie, aren't they? Um, (laughs) We're not to talk about Avatar, thank God, or Black Panther, which was better than Avatar, we're here to talk about the 2022 movie that will see Brendan Fraser officially become an Oscar winner. It is The Whale. It's not Moby Dick. Well, it's sort of his Moby Dick. We can talk about that. Maybe it's a spoiler-free review of the movie that has everyone talking. Is it controversial? Is it fatphobic? Is it all those sort of things that people are saying? Or is it just a vehicle to have Brendan Fraser become the greatest human being on the planet? Because that's who he is. We've been saying that since the beginning of this show, and finally people are caught up with our opinions. My name is Ben, and if you don't co-host this podcast episode with me, I will call the police and I'll tell them you tried to rape me. <laughs> Again? Um, <laughs> whoa. My name is Colin, and you'd be disgusting even if you weren't this fat. Oh, that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. Um, <laughs> the whale, you saw this what like a month ago, um, but we only more got than it, a month ago. We only got it in Australia in the last week. But um, I, I remember what was it about six months or so ago. I think it was about that Elvis episode when we were talking up Austin Butler and how good he was in that. And I think I was saying like, "Ah, oh, shoe in for the Oscar. He's brilliant." And that's when we sort of started to look at tracking for the Oscars for this year. And the one that you and I lost our shit at was Brendan Fraser for The Whales. We're like, oh my God, oh my God, Brendan Fraser, we've got to watch this movie. So we've been waiting for this movie, waiting for this movie. I remember seeing the trailer for it and just being blown away. Like I was almost in tears in the freaking trailer. Saw this movie, was in tears. Um, incredible. This is uh, an amazing movie and it is backed by one man, the man himself, the man who's had a month on this show, the man who should have been an Oz Network guest, but sadly we just missed out on him on the mm. Renaissance. Mr. Brendan Fraser, tell me you like this film, Colin. I like this movie. I love Brendan Fraser's performance. Uh, I think this is one of the rare examples of a performance holds a movie together and elevates it um, for a movie that maybe necessarily wouldn't have been that memorable without it. Uh, This is Darren Aronofsky made this movie, who sadly couldn't uh, do the same thing with Black Swan because Natalie Portman's not as good. Uh, But... He made the movie The Wrestler uh, before that, which Mickey Rourke did the same thing in that. You know, what could have been an average movie made by an incredible performance. Uh, I'm usually not for these movies where it's just a one performance show. But I mean, the I think the difference with this is the entire purpose of this movie. The whole point of it is about it's about one guy. It's that one guy. 
Uh, and Scott Pilgrim line, you won't get it. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> Joe Expan, I don't get it. And that one guy, Brendan Fraser, I mean, it, it, he does, this is like a performance of a lifetime. And the craziest thing about this is that you forget that he's in a fat suit. You you, you just think you're watching him. And, and maybe that's the point of the movie too, is that you don't even, by the end of the movie, you're not even looking at it saying, this is some big giant prosthetic suit on Brendan Fraser. You're not even looking at it saying, this is a character who's like 900 pounds or whatever. You're just following him and, and his personality and everything. I mean, he makes everything about this movie better. Yeah, look, I agree with everything he said, but I, I mean, I, I still enjoy this film. I mean, it's clearly obvious that this is a play and that they've just turned yeah. it into a movie. Um, because I, to be honest with you, when I saw it, I didn't know that. But then I left the cinema going, like, that had to be a play. Or they've surely got to make that into a play and I read it's a play. Because there's like four people in this movie, five people in this movie. Yeah. It's literally set in a house. With the ex- One of them is a pizza guy that you see once. Exactly. And literally you get, what, like half a scene in a flashback that is kind of not in the house. Um, so quite obvious there. But the thing that I really like outside of Brendan Fraser, and I'll talk about it in a minute, it's just, and I, I just read a review of this before we came on air, it's the fact that no one's likable in this film. Everybody is so mm-hmm. flawed and has issues, and it's kind of one of these ones. It reminded me of Closer, where everybody in Closer, mm-hmm. they're horrible people, and you don't yeah. like them. And I think this movie is that. I mean... It's just it's one of those really interesting movies where it's like you can't really like any of them, but you also feel for every single one of these mm-hmm. um, characters in this movie. But I mean, God, Brendan Fraser, like it's it's one he's one of these ones where it's talked up so much, and you kind of get a bit worried. It's kind of like oh, you know, like oh, look, I've never seen uh, was it Revenant that Leonardo DiCaprio finally won his Oscar for? Oh, so yeah. I, I don't know if that's worthy of him winning an Oscar. Um, 100%. You know, I remember the blind side, Sandra Bullock winning that. Was it really deserving of winning an Oscar? But, like, I mean, it it gets to that point where it just, you hear it so much, okay, they're going to win it. Um, And, and like, this is just one where, I mean, I'll I'll burn down Sydney if Brendan Fraser doesn't win it. I mean, (laughs) the only person that I'll loosely be okay with him losing to will be Austin Butler because I thought Austin Butler was incredible as Elvis. But, I mean, who the hell is Paul Mescal? I don't know who he is. And if he wins, screw him. Um, but I mean, he's just, you're right. Like you just, you forget that he is in this suit. And like, I remember, at least a weird connection, but it, it comes back to this. I remember when I first watched Crash, what was that? 2006, everyone, oh, terrible film. Shouldn't have won Best Picture. Brilliant film. You and I talk that up a lot of the time about that is a deserving film. And I remember watching that because Brendan Fraser's in that. Funnily enough, he's what? Sandra Bullock's like husband, if my memory serves me correct in that. I remember always watching that movie going like, Wow, Brendan Fraser is in an Oscar-winning movie. Who would have ever thought it? Like, you know, this guy, like, he's good in it, but you don't ever picture him being in an Oscar-winning film. Like, he's George of the Jungle, the mummy, that sort of stuff. And now here we are, what, 15, 18 years later, and he's so fucking good in this film. Like, you just, it's hard to even watch this film and think about him as George of the Jungle, Dudley Do, right, mm-hmm. the mummy, Looney Tunes. Like, this guy is completely transformed, and not pun intended, in his fat suit into just an incredible, incredible actor, which, I mean, clearly was in him the whole time. He just wasn't getting those type of roles 20 years ago. Yeah, and I think what uh, a lot of people sort of forget is that this is what he started in. Like, uh, I mean, his breakthrough movie was Encino Man, obviously, which is very George of the Jungle-like, but he had already filmed a movie called School Ties that I've talked about in here before that, which ended up getting released after Encino Man just because of his popularity. 
Uh, and then he had what was the the other one with honors, which was like a college film with uh, Patrick Dempsey and um, sorry uh, with Joe Pesci sorry. in that too. It just reminds you of Men in Black with honors, uh, with honors, <laughs> <laughs> Captain sorry. America over here, Captain America with honors. <laughs> sorry, continue. <laughs> but like he really started by juggling dramatic movies and comedy, and his early dramatic movies were very well received. Like with honors was a incredibly popular movie. Uh, and I think that it's no fault of his own. And I don't even necessarily think it's an issue. You know, he just was so good at comedy, which is funny because I, I saw an interview with him recently where he talked about comedy. He's like, I don't consider myself a funny person. Every movie I played, I'm not thinking, how can I be funny in it? I'm just thinking, like, how do I play this character? Uh, and, you know, he's had a couple of dramatic movies here and there. But, yeah, I mean, the last couple of years, even leading into The Whale, uh, there was, um, what was the, the TV show, The Affair he was on, you know? Mm. So he's had this slow build back up where he's like, I'm not going to be George of the Jungle anymore. I'm not in that shape. Uh, <laughs> nor are people really even watching that type of movie anymore. So let me just try to get some decent roles. And it's led to this. Uh, I, I think that the most impressive thing about this movie is the thing that most people are criticizing it for, which is like, well, he's not actually fat. Like, but you believe him by the end. And that's what acting is. And that's why we have to address the, the criticism in this movie. Oh, that, I am going oh, to. Don't worry. Yeah, like they should have gotten an actual 700 pound man or whatever. But that's not acting. Like, I, I understand. Let's not whitewash everything. Let's not have people in yellow face and stuff like that anymore. But when you have a movie that is about a performance, you want to get the best actor for it. And on top of that, Actors want to be challenged. They want to do something that's different. I mean, this based on a play, I mean, that's a whole point of theater is to have a person who's 25 playing a character that's 87 and uh, uh, have somebody who's, you know, 200 pounds play a guy who's 600 pounds because it's really about the performances they give. And the thing with this movie, like you said, everybody's a terrible person. He's probably the best person in this movie and he's still not a good guy, you know? Yeah. This movie is built around all these terrible mistakes he made and things where you're like, man, any other person, you hate him, but you need somebody who you really have empathy for. And Brendan Fraser is one of these guys where you just naturally have empathy for him because he is so likable. And that's what you needed for this character. You don't just need, let's find one of the limited actors who actually have some experience who might be this heavy to play it. You want to get the best actor to play it. And just one thing on that before I talk about, yeah, some of the controversy around it, because we may as well run the topic. If you want to see how likable this guy, we've been championing this guy for five, six years now on this podcast. Watch that. Is it GQ does a sit down where he goes over every single moment of his career? Kind of, they do a lot of it with actors on YouTube. It's, it's a fun little series. And how can you not like him? He's just so goddamn likable in it. I mean, I think the thing that kind of frustrates me with this whole trend now of you have to be this person to play this person, all this sort of stuff. I mean, Hollywood, it's kind of its own enemy in this situation. It's a glamorous, beautiful industry where we've got the most beautiful, attractive people on the planet that are in our face. Name me one super fat, famous Hollywood actor. Like this is this is the issue. Like this is an issue that goes out there. And I'll say this: somebody, I'm like, let's get personal. He got. I've struggled with my weight my entire life. I was a lot bigger. I'm not Brendan Fraser in this movie big, but I have been very, very large in my life. And as someone who has lost weight, this is like the one time I can almost be one of those people who goes like, well, I still kind of mentally am a fat person, 
I'm not offended that you get some person to put on a fat suit. Like, and I like the the criticism that I see here that they're making this movie fat phobic. They're making fun of it. They're living up to stereotypes. I completely disagree. I connected with this movie so much on so many levels. There are so many. And I know this is a spoiler-free review, but I mean, this is. I mean, can't really spoil this movie except maybe for the ending. But like, like there are scenes in this film when he is struggling with with mental health and he basically gorges himself like he literally gets Mm -hmm. to a point where he's just like i can't handle what is going on in my life right now so he goes to the fridge it's quite sickening to watch if you are you know watching this and it's, it's a bit uncomfortable to watch him literally grabbing like two slices of pizza together and putting cheese and turkey and mayonnaise on it and just chocolate bars in the middle (laughs) gorging himself and it's like it's disgusting and uncomfortable but i've been there like i have been in situations or maybe haven't grabbed two pizzas and to that extent but i have literally been home alone and i've not been in a good space and i've gone to the fridge and i have just grabbed five different concoctions of food and eaten to the point where i've nearly thrown up it is a thing Mm -hmm. that is a mental health condition that people who suffer with obesity and things like that genuinely do. And he portrays that so strongly. And this is a thing where they say, like, oh, he's lazy. He's just sitting around. Like, I think this is where a thing comes from people who have not been in that situation where you struggle with weight, that it is a mental problem because it is you are battling with demons to try and overcome it. And you see that here where he puts down the chocolate bar and you think, like, yeah, he's going to get out there and do things. But it is a struggle. So my point is, I think, like, it's just – it's. I just we're on this trend of oh let's have everybody play this person play this person they play this person and then at the same time well, let's criticize everything everything's fat phobic this phobic that phobic I don't think it's fat phobic at all I think it's a very accurate portrayal of somebody struggling with their weight who has clearly had some very uh, you know troubling mental health concerns since a tragedy that occurs in this film and I think it's a very accurate depiction of somebody who struggles with that and I don't see any issues with it at all. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of uh, I'm not making arguments against that. Maybe making arguments for what some of our defenses are here. Uh, the first thing you said about uh, well, how many you know 600 pound actors can you think about in Hollywood? Uh, that kind of goes back to the whole weird connection, the whole Oscar so white thing from a few years ago, where the Oscars got incredible criticism because you're only nominating movies with all these white actors, and the real issue, the root problem was. Hollywood's not producing movies with anything other than that. And if they are, there's, you know, maybe 2% of the movies made each year. So the Oscars got all the criticism and then Hollywood's like, oh, we don't want them to blame us next. So let's start producing more movies with minorities. They did. And now the Academy has these movies to nominate. The issue isn't necessarily, well, they didn't cast the 600 pound guy. It's like, well, how many of them are there out there? How many other roles are being developed for people like this you know so you get an actor like brendan fraser who's able to do it uh second part being you know good is movie about a 600 pound perfect type of conflict and in this movie they're not simply saying oh this guy do with weight in this movie that explain why he is the way he is like you say there's something in this movie something tragic that happened triggered this and he just has been unable to get over that you add to that the fact that he's made mistakes, he's kind of wrecked his own life, wrecked his own family, and he's got guilt over that. And the, the moments where you see him binging in this movie, there are events that set that up. This is not a judgment on all people. This is a judgment on one guy. And if 
you say this movie is fat phobic because of the way they're portraying the one guy. Well, American Psycho is in business or anything like that is automatically a serial killer. No, it, it is an explanation about one guy. Um, the the third thing I can't remember what, what I was <laughs> you you said something else and I'm like oh that's a good point let me comment on that. oh yeah uh, one thing just aside from the whole performance and the controversy of this movie uh, is just on the fact like you said it's it's very much like a stage play I, I think my only I wouldn't call it a criticism of this movie the only reason where I, I finished this movie I'm like you know I don't know if the movie should be nominated for best picture but he should be not and there are other nominations it's definitely very worthy of. But I think where this movie is maybe held back a little bit is that I don't feel that the movie necessarily outside of the last five minutes elevates this in any way where you couldn't just watch this on stage, where you don't feel you're just watching a nicely produced stage play. And another movie we're going to get to, Women Talking, which this won't give away any of my opinions on the movie. I'll kind of reserve that for when we uh, review it. But that is based on a book. It's not based on a play. But you very much feel when you're watching that they could do this as a play. But that movie is shot in a way where you feel like you could only do this as a movie, even though you could easily do a different version of the play. Whereas this, the whale, I think for the most part feels like, Oh, I could just watch the play of this. It doesn't necessarily enhance the movie that much other than the fact of Brendan's performance, which because they don't have an audience who's just sitting, you know, a hundred feet back watching them, you get so much up close and, we're not dwelling so much. This is about why you forget that he's in a 600 pound fat suit in this movie, because you get to see him right up close. It is about close ups on his face and not necessarily his body for half the time, uh, which is another reason why I'm like, this movie is about you understanding the man, not the weight. Yeah, ex- exactly. And it's, it's a character movie because again, it's sort of the other people in this film, like, yeah, it's about Brendan Fraser's character, Charlie and kind of all of that, but it's sort of, you know, reflected on everything and the other people around him. I mean, was it Hong Chow? I mean, she's nominated for an Oscar, actually. Oh, I didn't yeah. realize she got nominated. This got nominated for Best Actor, Best Actress for Hong Chow, and Best Makeup and Hairstyling as well. Um, so they're the three. It that... got robbed of score. The, the score in this mm. movie is unbelievable. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It's a, it's a great score in it as well. Um, I, I thought that Darren would have got nominated. I mean, he's actually only been nominated once. I thought he got nominated for Requiem for a Dream, but he only got nominated for Black Swan. So he didn't even get nominated for the wrestler. No, no, he's only been one wow. time uh, nominated. So um, yeah, there you go. But um, yeah, like I, I mean, I'd see this. I think the difference between like this and a play, though, like absolutely, like it's it's a performance. But I mean, I think there are certain things that you obviously can show in a film. Like you know, I've seen some of the steals from some of the plays, and and obviously, like you know, you got a bit more of a budget on a film, so sort of the fat suit you know I, I you joked recently i think about that brendan fraser being shirtless in uh, things like he obviously is shirtless in this movie for a bit and you know mm-hmm. he's in this giant fat suit so uh but i mean it looks very realistic um it, it, it really made me feel very self-conscious after this film and again i know i've lost weight but then i'm just like shit uh you just kind <laughs> of you sort of leave feeling that way but i mean it's just i also think like for the thing with brendan fraser's acting in this film it's that you know, as silly as he sounds, he's got to learn to move and act like a larger Mm. person. And I think I saw he did a lot of training with that and sort of did that because I mean, again, it's, you know, if, if you say a, a thin and you put on weight, like it's, it's different to when you're bigger and then you lose weight because you do get a certain way. You kind of have to move a certain way and you kind of, you, you do. And it's sort of like, it is, sort of different so there is a, an element to sort of that and then sort of the struggles of him moving and there's obviously the health aspects of it too so i think there's a lot more around that and i think 
like the thing with like when he sort of came into the spotlight a few years ago and sort of people were a bit shocked because he'd sort of balded a little bit, you know, he had put on a bit of weight. Like he wasn't this sort of buff like guy that he was back mm. during the George of the Jungle days. But I mean, it's sort of, it still is amazing how you can transform this guy into what he is in this film. What is there like five people in this movie? The one that, you know, uh, obviously Hong Chao is incredible. Um, yeah. She is amazing. Thoroughly deserved uh, her. And the thing is, like, she's actually not in it for that. Like, outside of Brendan Fraser, like, the sort of, what, the four or five other people in this film are pretty spread out. So it's kind of not like she's in this a lot, but she's still in it, you know, mm-hmm. a fair bit. Uh, I have no clue who Sadie Sink is. I've never seen Stranger Things. So she means nothing to me. Right. Uh, is she better than freaking, um, what's her face, Millie, Bobby, Johnny, Donnie, Brown, whatever her no. name is? I mean... F- most people watch Stranger Things say yes. We, we, I think we talked about this briefly on one of our Patreon episodes. I have a severe dislike for her or dislike for the credit people give her uh, because the most recent season of Stranger Things, and I'd say all the ones she's been in, uh, people are like, oh, she's the best one on the show. I'm like, she's really not. And it's taken me like two or three seasons of her being on the show to pinpoint what I don't like about her. And what it comes down to, and this is on Stranger Things, not The Whale, um, she does the same thing that Emma Watson does that bothers me and everything Emma Watson's in, which is, she has no ability to emote without constantly moving her eyebrows. Like if this is a video episode, people would get us like, I'm really angry, right? <laughs> everything that she says, whether it's happy or whatever, her eyebrows are constantly moving, which is just, it's an inexperienced thing that actors do that most people don't pick up on, but it's really annoying. And as soon as I pointed that out to Jamie, she's like, I can't stop seeing this now. Like stop moving your eyebrows. But the thing that impressed me is that this past season, Stranger Things, where everybody's like, she should have been nominated for an Emmy. And I'm like, no, learn to act without moving your eyebrows. She doesn't do it in this movie. And she's actually really good in this movie. Uh, so Darren Aronofsky, you 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 finally taught this you know young actress, hey, there's one thing you're doing which really shows inexperience. Stop moving your eyebrows every time you're trying to emote. Just, just act the part. And I actually would say she's a terrible person in this movie. Oh, she's which the is worst kind of the, in this movie. Yeah, she is the worst in this movie. Now, argument being, she's what, 16, 17 years old in this movie, and she's supposed to be the worst. Um, all 16, 17-year-olds are the worst. But uh, but you know, the thing is, you still find a way to have moments of empathy for her by the end of this movie. And she's probably the only other character in this movie that actually matters as far as the story goes. So, I mean, I'll give her a ton of credit from this. And I, I hope that the next season of Stranger Things, Darren Aronofsky's lesson pays off. She stops eyebrow acting. Well, I'm glad you said that about her character because, like, she is the worst in this movie. She is maybe one of the most unlikable characters I think I've ever seen in a movie. But, like, you... Yeah. But it's that weird nature of you do feel for her in a way because, like, she's a kid. She's what? Yeah, as you said, 15, 16. And you kind of understand why she's this way. Um, mm-hmm. y- You know, because... A dad left her um, for reasons which are, you know, for a child that age might be hard to deal with. Her mum's pretty fucked up too. Uh, so, like, it's kind of one of those weird things where you sort of see, and particularly, like, there's a scene between um, Brendan Fraser and the mum where basically you hear the mum's opinion of the daughter and you're like, well, okay, then if my mum thought that of me, then fucking I'd probably be pretty fucked up too. So, like, it, it is that level of such an unlikable character, but you still empathise with her and yeah like well, i think she does a great job i, I don't kind of want to watch stranger things now to watch eyebrows <laughs> millie bob all the girls in that movie sound terrible no writer i like her is she all right at least good in it who wrote a writer oh yeah. yeah she's great in that and um, um cara and, bueno and, from third watch she's in it too so she's good too uh, I'll, I'll say millie bobby brown is the opposite of sadie sink 
Millie Bolly Brown is so good on Stranger Things and everything else she's been in, with the exception of Enola Holmes, which she's really good. Everything else she's been in, you're like, what's the big deal? Whereas with Sadie Sink, I watch Stranger Things. I'm like, what's the big deal? And I watch I just, this. I'm like, oh, yeah, she's can great. Can I just say that I love so a very famous Australian singer, uh, John Farnham. He's sort of been around for a very long time. You'd know him. He does the song, You're the Voice. I reckon you know that song. But um, he's like big famous hit in the 60s was a song called Sadie the Cleaning Lady. So the fact that her name is Sadie followed by Sink, which he would clean. <laughs> like, but it also, does it not kind of remind you of this? Sadie Sink. Like, it just sounds like ding, ding. Sadie Sink. <laughs> Just, you know, <laughs> Laura, no, as for you, these are their stories. Seizing. <laughs> just had, just yeah. had to put it out there. <laughs> One thing I just want to comment uh, that, that makes this movie interesting is that your perception of the characters change because you don't know anything but what's from Brendan Fraser's point of view. Yeah. Uh, so, for example, you are watching this movie viewing like the whole mother and daughter thing. You're like, Oh, the daughter, I, I look at her this way, like, oh, she's not that bad because he's seeing her that way. And you're thinking the mother is terrible because of the way that the daughter talks about her and even he talks about her. And then when you get introduced to the mother, it's the weirdest thing where you're like, she's actually not as bad as she's being made out to be. She's still terrible, but she's not as bad as she's made out to be. And you're like, and the daughter is so much worse. Um, th the one character in this movie that I think you're maybe you i don't know whether you could have done with it or without it like there's obviously a purpose for having in the movie but you're like this is such a stage play thing and it doesn't necessarily fit in the movie is like the door-to-door -door jehovah's witness guy did you recognize uh, who that is no 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 who is he i like I, this has blown my mind because i'm watching this movie going i know this guy he's from something he is the little shit kid in jurassic world that is ty oh, simpkins <laughs> yep that's gray from Jurassic wow. World. That's how old we are now that he's playing a character of that <laughs> age and that maturity. Because the whole time I'm going, he's from something. What's he from? And then I've literally seen this. I'm like, oh my God, that's fucking shit for brains from yeah. Jurassic World. We need more yeah, teeth. And <laughs> yeah, and, and he's actually very good in this he movie is. too. And it's he no, it's no knock against him. But. It's it's not even any knock against his story. Like the, the purpose of his story is ultimately to show the some good in the some good in the daughter. But like. Even that's it's, questionable, it's so, though, isn't it? It's convoluted. Like yeah. it, that, that's the part of that's one of the reasons why I say I don't know if this is necessarily a great movie outside of Brendan Fraser's performance because that is a major plot point. And when you get to the end of it, you're like, so that's how you're going to connect the dots and say that she's not that bad. Like this is this is really stretching. It. It's a good thing you put my point out such a stage play. I think the thing though that like the reason why I think this is a great movie it's, it is one of those films where and maybe it is just purely Brendan Fraser's performance, but you're hooked to the screen the whole time. You're not at any point like, oh, God, how long has this got to go? Or like, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And like, this is going to sound weird because it's not really a thinking movie. But like, there were definitely moments in this film where I'm like, I'm going, oh, God, this is going to happen. This person's going to do this to him or this is going to what, you know, mm -hmm. and sort of you second guess it. And like, I mean, we can't really talk about the ending. I mean, it's an ambiguous ending. It's not a set, set ending. And that's the way the play was as well. Um, so, I mean, it is definitely one of those ones where... You sort of you sit there for a moment to try and digest how it ends. You're like, huh? Uh, uh, okay, yeah, mm. right. I see what they've done there. But I think what just really makes it for me is just I'm just so drawn to it. And this is like one of those films where I love a movie where you've just got such an amazing performance. I haven't seen it in a very long time, but I remember the movie Monster with Charlize Theron. That was one of those movies where mm. you're just drawn to the person who's portraying that character. 
and you're just like, holy crap, like they are so And why didn't they get film. an actual ugly person to play that role? That's offensive. Well, I mean, make that movie today, Colin, and no jokes in that exactly what they would be saying, right? But like, I mean, you talk about transformations, you get someone as hot as Charlize Theron to look like Arlene Warnos and, and you know, transform her into that. But it is just one of those ones where you just are so drawn to it. And like, I, I know you don't like Natalie Portman and I know I love Natalie Portman, but I, I remember when I saw Black Swan, it was the same thing. Like, even if I didn't love Natalie Portman, I was still blown away by how amazing she was in that film. So, yeah, I think it's just, that's what I love about this film. It's just, it's so well acted. And it's even, there's what, I'm seeing here six people listed in this film. Six freaking people in this movie. And that doesn't count little girl on beach who, like, you know, was the, the, the extra on the thing. Poor her, where's her, like, you know, screen credit. But it's just, it's just amazing. Even with freaking gray from jurassic world in it mm -hmm. I, I, I guess there's also the the people on the screen i mean that's one of the more interesting things about this movie is like he is a i don't know what is he a college professor or something like that and you have all these students and the audience gets right from the oh, beginning yeah, what right, he's yeah. doing yeah uh but uh you, you, there, there's one moment in this movie like there are so many moments in this movie where he has something really big to do. Like you, you take the one scene where he kind of has a reveal, uh, the, the last scene with him and his class online and everything. And uh, that's an explosive scene. But when I walk away from this movie, I walk away appreciating the, the, the little scenes. It's not the binge eating scenes. It's not the, the, the scenes with his class or anything like that. It's just the little moments where he's like feeding birds and stuff like that. And, mm. uh, you know, trying to actually just talk to his daughter, but whatever, or, like uh, the, the whole thing with writing her book report or whatever like that, like those scenes where he's just being regular guy and it, 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 he's playing it in a way where he's like, I'm not a 600 pound guy. I'm a guy. And that's why it, it, it offends me that people are offended by this movie saying it's fat phobic because he's playing this and the movie is written where he's just a guy. There are very few moments that even address his size. The scene with his class, the last one with his class online is one. The binge eating scenes is another but even other scenes where people are kind of commenting on being big and everything like that outside of the one scene with the pizza guy, you know, kind of spotting him. He doesn't respond as a guy who's 600 pounds. He responds to a guy who's like, well, I guess I'm going to die soon. <laughs> I guess I'm a little overweight. And I, I love so much the scenes where he's playing him as regular guy. And, and I think that's because, you know, Br Brendan Fraser uh, is wanting the audience to feel like they're just watching a performance and not watching a fat suit. And just uh, on that note, props to Brendan Fraser. <laughs> oh, the one time this year where it'll be appropriate to say. <laughs> just uh, I feel the need that we should probably say that. Also, I'm a bit disappointed. The sign behind me, I actually wanted to write props to Brendan I saw Fraser. That, yeah. But I don't have enough P's, um, basically. <laughs> um, so that props, yeah, like I, I didn't have enough. So I had to put let's go Can Brendan Fraser. Any D's around? Eh, maybe. I could do that, possibly. Um, I guess it's also interesting, too, because obviously by us doing this in a couple of weeks, we will be getting back for the first time in, what, three years that uh, you and I will be sitting down and doing all yeah. 10 films individually. You obviously did the last couple of years just lumped into one, and Noah, I think, joined you on a couple, didn't he? But um, this, uh, alongside Elvis, will be the only ones who really talk about the best actor race because... Uh, what? Uh, no, the band. Oh, sorry, the Banshees yeah. got nominated. Apologies. Uh, but I mean, uh, After Sun. Paul, who is Paul Mescal? No idea who he is. You know what? Uh, you said that. Like, who is Paul Mescal? And I'm like, yeah, who is Paul Mescal? So I clicked on it. I've, I've seen him in one thing. Um, it's a TV show he did. This British show called um, uh, what, where is it here? Normal People. 
which is an amazing series. Uh, but he, I, I read all this stuff before I watched the show saying, it was like, oh, he's amazing the show. And I watched like three, four episodes. I'm like, he's not that good. And then it's one of these guys where by the end of the series, you're like, oh, he is the best thing about it. Uh, so yeah, I've seen him in one thing and loved him in it. Um, but I, I don't even think I could see after Sun. Uh, Bill Nighy. It's only his second feature film. He was in three movies last year. Uh, Paul Mescal. He's in a short film, but um, it's only his second in terms of release date. His second ever feature film, and he gets nominated for an Oscar. Not bad. This is uh, this Bill, is completely Bill Nye the Science here. Guy, is it? Uh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I almost, I almost saw it was between women talking and that what we saw this past weekend. Uh, just because I want to see Bill Nye, he getting nominated is amazing. But uh, is this is uh, it's his first nomination, yeah. which you think there's this yeah. guy should be nominated for everything he's in. Uh, I can make an argument for being nominated Love Actually. <laughs> He's got the silliest character in that movie. But completely off topic here, I was listening to a Friday Night Lights podcast yesterday that they actually had Jesse Plemons on. And, I mean, he is the single most humble actor ever. Uh, but they addressed the fact on that episode that he has had six movies in, like, the last seven years that have been nominated for Best Picture. Uh, only one year was he in a movie that, or two years he was in a movie that didn't get nominated for Best Picture, but he made up for it last year. He was in two movies that got nominated for Best Picture. You want to get nominated for Best Picture? Cast Jesse Plemons. He he's only gotten one nomination, but every movie he's in gets nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, that, that's got to be like the the go to if you want to get a Best Picture nomination. What a man! There's, I mean, he's a, oh. he's a bigger guy now, isn't he? He could have played this character. I mean, he's not yeah six hundred but- pounds big, but you know. Bigger than Brendan Fraser, probably. Bigger yeah, than Brendan Fraser, but yeah, it's a. I mean, I guess yeah. Point of that is that you know we won't be talking about Paul Mescal or Bill Nye, but or Jesse Plemons, sadly. Um, but I mean, you have. Let's s- just find a reason to talk about Jesse Plemons. Well, I mean, I don't know if you've watched uh, Banshees yet. You've obviously yeah, seen. I have. You have okay, so you've seen three of these movies. Then I don't think you've seen After Sun or Living, but I mean, you know, us being biased aside, is he the front runner of the three that you've seen? easily i don't think anybody's gonna come close to him uh i, I like i think austin butler I, I i've multiple times talked about my, my new disdain for biopics and people getting awarded just for playing celebrities and i think even when we did the review of elvis i'm like it, it, you could not know who elvis is and you're like this performance is incredible and the craziest thing about austin butler in elvis is that I don't think he necessarily has that many big dramatic scenes. This guy finds a way to do his acting through the singing, which I'd never seen before in any other biopic. Uh, Colin Farrell also, I mean, maybe the best performance he's ever given, but like n- neither of those guys are going to hold a candle. It, it, Brendan Fraser, this is such a lock. I, I thought the same thing, though, when Mickey Rourke did The Wrestler. And I think everybody thought that when Mickey Rourke did The Wrestler and then somehow Sean Penn won his second Oscar when he basically spent his career criticizing the Oscars. Uh, but I don't see any way that he's not winning for the whale. It, it, it has to be Brennan. And just don't slap people, as we keep saying, Brendan. Yeah. Just don't <laughs> slap anyone. Um, on and maybe he, he can slap the fake accent out of Austin Butler. Why I mean, is if he still gonna doing cost it, Austin Butler? Like, I don't know. It's so weird. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I just, it's, it is kind of sad for me that this is the year that I want Brendan to win so badly because I I, I loved Austin Butler and Elvis. And I actually just rewatched Rocket Man not too long ago and I still think Taron Egerton was robbed of at least a nomination. Why didn't the Whitney Houston woman get nominated for an Oscar? That movie kind of fizzled. I, yeah, I think the movie was like received very mediocre. Yeah, but I mean like I, any other year, Austin Butler to me, I'd love it. I mean, I like Colin Farrell. He's No one really talks about the oh, Colin Assance. He kind of disappeared for a while. Yeah. How did now he not get Batman, nominated for this. Batman? Like how good well, was he in I, Batman though? 
I mean, I'm upset this the, the score for Batman didn't get nominated. Yeah. That might be my favorite score from this past year. But and it got nominated for yeah, two Oscars, didn't it, Batman? That was a bit unusual. Uh, I think three. But, uh, I mean, Colin Farrell, when we get to Banshees, I'm going to be excited about that because he, he's definitely the, the two leads in that, Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson, they're basically playing the opposite version. Colin Farrell's playing what Brendan Gleeson would normally play, and Brendan Gleeson's playing what Colin Farrell's playing. I don't think that Colin Farrell has a chance at winning. I don't think anybody but Brendan has a chance at winning. But, man, Colin Farrell's so good in that movie, too. I just uh, w- want to say with that that uh, the Batman, better movie than Avatar The Way of the Water, and yet that's not uh, yes. the best picture. So, uh, and also, hello, Tom Cruise. I am Tom Cruise. Sadly not nominated. Maybe should have been up there for Paul But, I mean, technically nominated for an Oscar. He's best producer for Top Gun yeah. Maverick. So, is he, is he even won, like, a producer? Or a, like, has he won any form of Oscar at all, Tom Cruise? Ah, uh, I don't think so. I mean, he's been nominated as an actor a couple times, but I don't think any of the movies he's produced has been nominated for Best Picture before. I- I'm just excited. Best screenplay for Top Gun. Like, the fact that they have had the guts to nominate the screenplay for, you know, a, a blockbuster from an 80s, 80- cheesy 80s movie, like, that's incredible. Which it it is. I really think we need to talk more about that, don't we? Because, like, I mean, this is freaking Top Gun. Who would have thought about that? But anyway, um, I'm buying this film. Are you buying this film? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it would have been a, a very solid rent with a different actor. Um, but Brendan Fraser, this is one of the rare times where a single performance can make the movie so much that uh, it makes it worthy of buying. I, I mentioned, um, I don't remember, probably on a couple episodes, I definitely mentioned to you off air that I had won like free admission to the whale or right before Christmas. And at that point, it was only for the Cineplex theaters here in Canada, and it wasn't playing at Cineplex. So, like, I'm not going to wait to see this movie. I went to go see it at the one landmark theater, which is actually a nicer theater, but uh, I had to pay for it. Uh, But, I mean, I've held on to my free admission, and I just keep waiting for, here's a showtime that works out. Jamie, let's go see The Whale, because I got it for free. Even if it wasn't for free, I want to see this movie again already. Um, It it doesn't necessarily have to be the most brilliant, best picture-worthy movie of the year, that performance is something that I just want to watch over and over and over again. Which I actually thought this was only going to be released here and, you know, like it's, it's, it's that type of movie it gets released in the art house cinemas. And can I just say one thing? My God, there are some boring trailers before this film. Like, I mean, uh, <laughs> like... What did you get? I got like Fisherman's Friend 2, some <laughs> movie with some guy and his daughter hanging out at a beach. Um, and some other rule. It's just all the arty-farty movies, right, that you and I are never going to watch in our lives, but they're like, you know, Noah Grove stars in the performance of a lifetime in Boy with Daughter at the Beach or something like that. Like, it's just random, like, movies that you're never going to see. And also, can I just, I want to, you know, as much as I was glad they showed this at, like, a major cinema chain here, disappointed at the cinema staff because, like, Literally at the end when it's getting very heavy, very deep, very emotional. Like, I'm tearing up. I'm crying. Like, the door opens. Guy starts picking up rubbish and popcorn. I'm like, dude, like, <laughs> not now. And then, like, it ends. And you kind of, you're sitting there in that reflection moment. Of like, oh, my God, I'm digesting it. And then he starts talking to his mate. Oh, yeah, so this is that film they reckon that Brendan Fraser might win an Oscar. Oh, yeah. What else? <laughs> Who's up against all that? That Elvis guy's up for it. Uh, and they just start like oh, talking. Oh, Mescal. Whoa. <laughs> really loud. I'm like, fucking hell. Like, imagine them at the end of No Time to Die. So, yeah, that's fucking James Bond. He's fucking dead. Um, yes. Oh, they haven't gotten that part yet. <laughs> yeah. Which actually also, too, just on the casting of this, I, I saw that George Clooney was up for this. But I love the fact that James Corden came out and was like, oh, yes, I was up for this role. Now, look, 
I mean, different. We talked about this during Cats, but fuck off, James Corden. As if pretending. James Corden would have ruined this movie. This would have been up for Razzies, I think, had this got, you know, fucking him. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. The best thing he ever did as an actor was Cats. <laughs> oh, my God. And actually, just on that, in the, in the mood of Oscars, because uh, we're going to start them 1st of March. We're going to do all 10 films consecutively in the lead up to the Oscars. Um, the one that I'm actually, because we, we don't obviously really talk much about the acting categories as such. You know, we kind of do a bit of a preview on our last one. But Black Panther, we kind of forever didn't get nominated for Best Picture, which I mean, it's a better film than Black Panther. And that got nominated for Best mm-hmm. Picture. But I think I mentioned in that film, I'm like, Angela Bassett's amazing. Nominated for an wow. Oscar. Yeah. She is. And she won the Golden Globe, didn't she? And isn't she the favorite, I think, to win this? Yeah. So, which, I mean, like... It's kind of one of these ones where, like, she's amazing, but, I mean, I, I can't really comment on Jamie Lee Curtis. I haven't seen that yet. And, uh, you know, Kerry Condon and all that. One. I'll, I'll comment on them as I watch the films. But, like, I kind of almost feel like this is a movie that maybe she's just going to get, like, she's how many times has she been nominated previously? Like, she's just an amazing actress. And I'm just going to, lo- like, I love her to bits. And then every time I watch 911 now, I'm like, oh, there's my Academy Award winning Angela Bassett because, oh, she was so good in that field, though. So, I mean, that, you, thoughts on, like, somebody winning an Oscar? Because it would only be, what, um, Heath Ledger. Ledger. I mean, I guess I, technically um, Joaquin Phoenix Joker was technically a comic book movie. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, first female to win a comic book uh, acting one, which I guess would be a pretty big deal I- for an MCU film. I would also say first time somebody could win an Oscar for a proper comic book movie. Cause I mean, the dark Knight and the Joker, I mean, those, those kind of go beyond just comic book movies. Yeah. Um, strangely enough, looking at this now, I would have thought she'd been nominated multiple times. This is only her second nomination. Really? Only, only what's left God to do with it. Was she nominated before? Wow. I love Angela um, Bassett. What a woman. Fantastic. And speaking yeah. of I mean, and, random comic, we, we, we talked about Viola Davis um, and um, the Amanda Waller series. She's oh, yeah. officially an EGOT. She won a Grammy this week. Yeah. So congratulations. She's an EGOT. Good, good, good EGOT on you. Good EGOT on you. And props <laughs> to Viola Davis. <laughs> <laughs> um, stay tuned. We've got uh, dropping this week. Uh, speaking of DC, Justice League, Zack Snyder, that's happening more, 24 happening oscars around the corner you and rocky doing anything that i should know about or nah, nah. i don't think so <laughs> we, we have the time for that we may and look i don't i want to put this out there because we're in the works and we, we thought it was going to happen but it might be falling through we may have a very very exciting interview that will drop oh, randomly out of nowhere which it, it if it happens it will be fucking huge and at the time of recording this we haven't recorded this but my plan is to kind of like record it with a little bit that we're not going to air all of it and that we will air on a special episode later this year. Yeah. Which that I might think, be a tease to what it like is. Like maybe air half of the interview now and half later yeah. in the year as more of a guide of to something we do every year. But uh, if it happens, we will promote the shit out of it and we'll probably drop very suddenly. So stay tuned for that. So by doing that, Facebook, Twitter, all the usual stuff and uh, tune into other great shows because they're, they're good except for 007 because Noah's on that show and that shit. <laughs> um, but the way we'll go and see it, Brendan Fraser, next time we'll talk about him, he will be on our reaction wins an Oscar episode. My name is Ben and I don't do hospitals. And my name is Colin and my internal organs are two feet in at least. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. 
And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.